For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Um. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. To get up and get going, South Coast, it's time for the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. Also streaming live on WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message or a voicemail through the WBSM app. And now, ready to start your day off with a bang. It's Tim Weisberg. Welcome back in third and final hour of the program here on Wednesday morning. And uh, as I've been mentioning throughout the course of the morning, there is a new docuseries on Apple TV Plus called The Dynasty New England Patriots that takes a look at the 20-year history of the Patriots under Bill Belichick with Tom Brady as the starting quarterback, going all the way from the first season that Brady took over as the starter and actually even going previous to that and uh, all the way up to the end of that that era so had a little conversation yesterday that i'd like to share with you now and we are joined now by matthew hamachek he's the director and executive producer of the dynasty new england patriots it is uh, now streaming on apple tv plus i've uh I was sucked in right from the first few minutes of, of watching this, and uh, I got to tell you, it only gets better with each uh, episode. Matthew, how did you decide to dive into what was a real? I mean, there's a lot of material to cover when it comes to New England Patriots dynasty. Yeah, so um, I had been working on a show for HBO at the time called Tiger. That was back in 2021, and the the author of a the book that had sort of inspired that documentary, Jeff Benedict, um, he was just wrapping up the dynasty, um, you know, book um, about the Patriots. And he said, Hey, would you be interested in coming on? And, you know, the interesting thing is I really wasn't a Patriots fan. I, I had my own team. Uh, so I didn't know all that much about the, the, the Patriots other than sort of the things that everybody who's the most casual observer of, you know, football, would possibly know and what that allowed me to do is really to just you know we 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 got these 70 plus players and coaches and front office execs league officials and rivals to sit down and talk and allowed me to listen to them right rather than to come in with my own preconceived notion about what the story should be about and as i listened to these guys talk the thing that i found was 
a story that was really fascinating and one which really went beyond the X's and O's and sort of what happens on the field and a, a deeply human story that in a lot of ways, I, you know, I call it sort of like Shakespeare with, but with footballs. And, um, and that's the thing that I kept hearing about from the, from the people who were in the room. And I think once we sort of discovered that it, it, it said it allowed us to say, okay, so what is the very human story here? What would be, you know, not it's it's not about which games they won or lost necessarily. Those things are really what drives the plot along. But at at its core, it's a story about people and what makes them tick, how they bounce off of each other, and sort of all the very normal human emotions that come along with that. And and that's a, a big challenge when it comes to talking about the New England Patriots because, you know, I spent 20 years in that locker room covering that team and it, it is not a team where you get the human side of things. You know, you get the very sanitized version of what they want you to know. And I was impressed right from the first uh, episode with just how much you were getting people to open up. You know, the fact that we're getting Tom Brady talking about things I've never heard Tom Brady talking about before. And by the way, also dropping F-bombs like he was on his podcast. I mean, it really was impressive how much you got folks to open up. Was it hard to get some... I mean, I'm sure in some cases, players were probably uh, dying for the chance to talk about some of these, but I'm sure there was a lot of things that were... um, you know, they, they were probably looking around to see if anybody was listening when they started opening up about these things finally. You know, it, it's the, sort of the same way it is in every documentary you work on. Um, you the, the job of, you know, the director, whoever is the person that's asking questions, um, is really to build up trust with the people that they're talking to, right? And, and in this case, but also in sort of, in Tiger, it was the same thing you people want to know that you're making what your intentions are behind making a story or behind telling a story and behind wanting them to come in and people will ask you questions like how am i going to be portrayed and what i try to tell them is that it you will be portrayed somewhere between sort of how you would come off if you were making a puff piece about yourself and uh, on one extreme and the other extreme is basically you know, how your your enemy would sort of make something about you. Because in between those two polar extremes is probably closer to where the truth lies. And um, one thing that was really important to me and to everybody that was on the, the team that was making this thing was that, you know, we we tell the unvarnished telling of the New England Patriots. This isn't, you know, the glory of the, the game, um, just hoisting Lombardi trophies and everything. We wanted to get into all aspects of it, the great, and the not so great. And we also wanted to make sure that we did it in a way where even if you disagreed with one of the people that was making a crucial decision at a really incredible and important time, that you might disagree with them and what the action that they took, but you, you, you should understand why they did it. And, and I think that, you know, whether it's a documentary or a, um, you know, uh, a fiction film or anything else, you, that's really important to just good storytelling is you never want to just sort of have a character who's just a, 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 you know, a villain or just a hero. Everybody's complicated and sort of capturing that and making sure that we, you know, showed the audience that was really important to us. Well, one of the things that I'm hearing for criticisms here in New England about the series, and, yeah. and, and I'm going to tell you right now, I don't have any criticisms about it, except you probably could have put me in it a little bit more. But the, uh, <laughs> uh, there's one scene where I'm over in the corner, but there's uh, there's somebody who actually posted and said, you know, 
I think that they focus too much on the negative, too much on the controversial, and mm. they didn't focus enough on the celebratory moments. And I feel, first of all, that that's incorrect because, you know, the beginning of the, of the series is certainly focusing on the celebratory, but also... You know, that's not the story as you're describing. That's If you want to see that, you can go watch the Three Games to Glory DVDs that the NFL, NFL put out. Nobody's done it better. Nobody has done the glory of the game better than NFL films. And and to, and same goes for, you know, Tom Brady's series in a lot of ways. Man in the Arena was a lot of that, right? So, you know, I, I, think, I think we had a different approach to the kind of stories that we like to tell in general. A lot of the people that have worked on this have been with me on other projects. And again, you know, this always gets back to whatever the subject matter is. I worked on the Tiger thing, but I also worked on, uh, n- not as a director, but as a producer, writer, and editor. I worked on um, a film about Amanda Knox. And, you know, instead of just, you know, you don't want that story to just be a true crime story. You want it to be about something that reflects something, you know, greater about the human condition, you know, some, you know, however you want to put it. it. And again, so when we started to make this thing, we started to hear these stories where we realized that there is a much deeper sort of um, universal evergreen story to be told here. And that's the thing that we sort of wanted to focus on. And, and by the way, I would say that I wouldn't say that it's, uh, you know, it's not that you're getting the, the negativity or the controversy or the things that people who aren't Patriots fans would, would relish in seeing more of. You're getting the things that we never got anything on. And, you know, no spoilers here at all, but if, I, I think anybody would assume there'd be an episode on the Aaron Hernandez uh, case in that situation. And you get players talking about that and talking about what he was like and, and opening up about him when they nobody ever said anything like that uh, around what went on. And that makes all the difference in the world because for people who just watch this, they said, oh, well, the Patriots, you know, they, they must have just ignored this or they must have, uh, you know, encouraged this kind of behavior. But now you get to hear from the people who are with him every day explaining, you know, just how much this really affected them as people. And so you get, like you said, that human side of the story that you never would have gotten uh, just because not only because the Patriots kept everything sanitized, but because that just wouldn't be the way an NFL locker room would work. You wouldn't be talking about the interdynamic personal relationships that you have with fellow players. Yeah. And I think with that episode in particular, and it's dropping uh, this Friday on Apple TV plus there, there were a couple of things that were really important to us. One is that this is a story that had, has been covered in a, in a variety of different ways. The Aaron Hernandez story. Uh, the one thing that people have never had a chance to, as you point out here, is sort of what it was like to be inside that locker room with him and to, and in some cases to be close with him and to be friends with him. And so it, it, in this episode, almost more than any other one, it's a, it was a good time for us to take a step back and really just let people talk and and share their stories and hear from the people that were there with him. And the other thing that was really important to us which really came from talking to these guys about it is that, yes, obviously Aaron, you know, was found guilty for murder and, um, you know, he did a horrible thing, but a lot of the players and people that were around him at the time cared deeply about him. And in some ways still to this day, care deeply about him and, you can see, and they, as they talk about it, how much this incident sort of haunts them and how much they wish they could have seen something, how much they wish they could have changed what happened. And 
you know, I think that, um, you know, again, just letting them talk about that and, uh, you know, as you put it sort of for the first time was, was something that we really wanted to focus on. And you, you got interviews that I was just, my, my jaw dropped with seeing some of the people that appeared in this documentary. I mean, first of all, you know, it's not a spoiler, it's in, it's in the trailers, but um, anytime I can get more of Randy Moss talking about his time with Tom Brady and, oh, that's, that's just great stuff. But, you know, you get the really um, in-depth and, and, and thoughtful responses from people, and then you have folks show up like Rupert Murdoch. And I said, well, mm-hmm. Rupert Murdoch's in this documentary. I mean, every, I, when when... Again, not a spoiler, but you get into some of the, the Trump stuff that happened. I was yeah. fully expecting Donald Trump to show up on screen because it just seemed like you were getting anybody. Was was there anyone who said no that didn't want to take part in this that you tried to get? I don't think so. Um, you know, it was probably more the, that we interviewed people who never made it into the series because it just, for whatever reason, either like... It, Rodney Harrison's a great example. Um, you know, we had an incredible interview with him over three hours. But, you know, one of the tougher decisions that we made was, you know, after we got to Super Bowl 36, it was sort of this question of, are you gonna, how much time are you going to spend on, you know, covering the 2002 season and then the 2003 season and lawyer leaving and Rodney coming in and then going to the Carolina Super Bowl and then the 2004 season leading up to the Eagles, the first Eagles Super Bowl. And so, you know, if we had done those things, Rodney would have featured heavily in all of them, but um, it wasn't the story that we were trying to tell. And so once we made that choice, a great interview like Rodney Harrison's just sort of fell, fell to the cutting room floor. And so that is probably what happened a lot more than that we couldn't get to people that we wanted to talk to. And was was there anything that was, you know, considered off limits or anything that you know, folks said, no, we're not going to address that at all? I mean, obviously, you're going to have moments when you're talking to any of these principals in this where they might say, hey, you know, that's uh, I, you know, that's I'd rather not go into that. But overall, was there any subject matter that you didn't touch? No. And, and you know, you can see me. Uh, I think there are times when. uh you will hear my voice asking a question. Typically when that happens, it is because the person didn't want to address the question head on or there was pushback or something like that. And so that's the only reason you really ever hear my voice. It's otherwise when people come in and they have answers, then you just hear their answers. And it was sort of always our philosophy of just like, how do we get out of the way and let them talk? Um, You know, but every single time somebody sat down we never felt like there was a subject that was off limits. We, you know, everybody had to answer all the same questions. And uh, you sort of see that with all of the principles. So you mentioned, of course, this being be- uh, based on Jeff Benedict's book. Jeff Benedict served as the writer for the series. And but the series does go beyond what was in his book. Did, did he have any um, comments about, you know, what you were able to get in, in filming as opposed to the way that he was getting interviews for the book? No, not at all. And Jeff, Jeff was uh, a great person to, ha- you know, a great partner to have on this thing and was involved in a lot of it. But obviously the series is drastically different from the book in a lot of ways. I mean, the first five chapters of the book are, based, you know, which is essentially Robert Kraft's entire life history and backstory is sort of, you know, summed up in a one and a half minute pod in the third episode of the series. And then I think you know, the other thing is that Jeff really does go exhaustively into a lot of the football things. Like he covers all those seasons that we don't. And part of that is because 
there was more there's more pages in a book than there is time in a series, but also because I think our 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 focus was slightly different. And so, you know, um, they are they are very very different. And but I think Jeff's an incredible writer, and the book is obviously fantastic. Well, the reason why I asked that though is because at the time that Jeff wrote the Dynasty, and as opposed to the time that you're filming the Dynasty things changed in Foxborough. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. when the time you, by the time you were filming this, uh, the bloom was kind of coming off the rose and, and, that, and that relationship seemed to have been uh, getting further and further apart, which you address. Was, was there any kind of uncomfortability for you as a, as a filmmaker in saying, you know, this might end with a title card as it would have to end where, you know, the, the dynasty is over, this relationship is over? Um. Yeah, the honest answer is no. Um, I, I in in that there's so many things that you have to deal with on a day to day basis in making something of this scale, and you have 56 you know people just in post production who are working on this thing, and um, so you you don't spend a ton you don't spend a ton you don't spend a ton of time really saying to yourself. I wonder what's going to happen within the organization in the seasons that we're not really covering, right? Because for, for all intents and purposes, this thing really ends when Tom leaves the team. And so, you know, it, we weren't covering what was going on with Cam Newton or Mac Jones or any of the stuff that was happening this past year. And frankly, when the decision for the Patriots and um, Belichick to part ways happened, it was just like, okay, well, you know, we're going to address this with a card because, frankly, by the time it happened, we were all but wrapped on the entire thing. And it just didn't seem like it was part of the larger story we were telling. Because really, once Tom left, it sort of felt like the dynasty had really come to an end in a lot of different ways. Not, And I'm not trying to, you know, say that it was, you know, Tom was responsible for anything or not. It just seems like once you have a major piece of that puzzle gone, whoever it was, it was, it was kind of over. Yeah. And I, one of the things that I really noticed was that toward the end, um, and you, of course, you, anybody that followed the New England Patriots story, you know, that whatever breaks down amongst Belichick and players or, or any of the personnel that are involved, there seems to always be, there's a makeup. There's always, you know, the Patriot family, uh, it, the New England family, everything kind of comes back and you're able to bring it back full circle. But I also wonder if, you know, maybe some of those emotions, this might be the only time you ever really get to hear about those. You know, I don't know if you're going to get Tom Brady to talk about the 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 destruction of that relationship anymore, because this might have just been that catharsis. They all it felt like a therapy session watching some of these interviews. Um. I, you know, I obviously can't speak to whether or not anybody's ever going to talk about this ever again, but I, I think that, you know, it, it, sort of what you talked about earlier, which is that this is, at least from the outside looking in, the one thing that I did know about the Patriots is they always seemed like a team that kept you at arm's length, right? They weren't, they weren't trying to um, bring you in and let you into what was going on within the team. And so, I, you know, in some cases, I think, it felt like an opportunity for people to talk for the first time about a lot of this stuff. And, um, you know, and, and I think we felt lucky because we were able to let them tell the stories that they felt like telling and ask the questions that we thought were worth asking. And, um, you know, I think the result is something that whether you're a diehard new England Patriots fan or somebody who could care less about football, 
there is there the, this story is larger than all of it, but also you know the, the fans will have something that that I think that they will appreciate quite a bit. It's called The Dynasty. It is uh, the, the Dynasty New England Patriots. It's a 10-part documentary series streaming now on Apple TV+. Plus. The first four episodes have already dropped. The next two will drop on Friday. And uh, really, every episode is its own kind of mini documentary. And then it tells that larger story. I think, Matthew, you've done a fantastic job with this. And uh, I look forward to you coming back and doing The Dynasty 2 when the Patriots start you know, the next phase of their dynasty here. Sounds good. All right. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. And uh, and again, you can catch that on Apple TV Plus, and uh, it really is it's a it's a fun watch, and it's great reliving some of those moments. It's great seeing some of the commentary that you haven't heard before, and that's what really impressed me the most about it was getting people to talk about things that they hadn't talked about before. And of course, there's always that car crash type mentality of wanting to see when Matthew was trying to get Bill Belichick to answer questions that he just refused to answer. So that's that was fun as well. All right, we're going to take a break here coming up in a moment. Before we do that, though, if you are going to watch the Dynasty, right, you're used to you're thinking football, usually in the fall, maybe tailgating at the at Gillette Stadium. You throw some steaks on the grill, some burgers on the grill, some hot dogs on the grill. You can get all of that and more, even though it's, you know, the middle of winter. You can feel like it's still football season by stopping by the butcher shop and getting some of their delicious food that they have there. Things like thick cut sirloin steaks, just the way you want them cut. Or maybe you're going to get some Terrace Major, try, you know, have some steak tips. Maybe you're going to have a, a nice big tomahawk steak or some prime rib, ribeye, whatever it is that you want to throw on the grill. But it's not just beef either. It's also chicken. It's also those giant chicken wings, the celebrity pork chops, the seafood that they have, all of those great things. Plus their homemade linguisa and caserla. They also have their pre-made food if you would rather get something that is uh, you know, already ready to go and you can just open it up and sit down and eat it and not have to worry about cooking. They can do that for you too. And what's watching football without having a few beers, right? You can visit their beer and wine cellar and get everything you need there too. Plus all the snacks that you would normally have during a, a football game. Just treat it like instead of watching a documentary, you're reliving all of that all over again. So stop by the butcher shop, 123 Dartmouth Street in New Bedford, and you can get everything that you need. It is your old school neighborhood market right in the heart of New Bedford. Again, the butcher shop, 123 Dartmouth Street in New Bedford. Going to take a quick break here. When we come back, we'll go into the newsroom with Phil. All right. We are going to go into the newsroom and get all the headlines of the day with Phil Devitt. When we come back on the other side, more with you at 508-996-0500. You can also send in app chat messages and open line voicemails on the WBSM app. But now take it away, Phil. Now, the biggest stories on the South Coast from the WBSM Newsroom. This is WBSM News. Another primary day has come and gone with Donald Trump and Joe Biden emerging victorious, this time in Michigan, where voters hit the polls Tuesday in a state where Trump's only main rival was former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley. Voters had their reasons for why they did or did not cast their votes for the eventual winners. I just tend to think that men, I look to... to the men to be our leaders. There's just too much controversy around Trump. 
While former President Trump has now essentially secured the GOP nomination, Haley has vowed to stay in the race, arguing both Trump and President Biden are unpopular among most Americans. The Supreme Court will hear arguments today on whether the federal government can ban bump stocks. A bump stock is a device that allows semi-automatic weapons to fire like automatic weapons. A bipartisan effort to ban the devices came after one was used in a deadly shooting at a Las Vegas music festival that killed over 50 people. President Biden is issuing an executive order aimed at protecting Americans' personal data from nations the government considers hostile. It focuses on companies and data brokers which buy and sell information. Brokers the administration is concerned could sell that data to countries such as China. Pope Francis visited a hospital in Rome today after skipping a reading at his general audience at the Vatican. NBC's chief international correspondent, Keir Simmons, has the latest. After the general audience, Pope Francis went to Gemelli Hospital for some diagnostic tests, and they say they confirmed that at the end he returned to the Vatican. According to the Answer News Agency, it was a scheduled visit, but no other information has been made available. Over the weekend, the Vatican did say the Pope was suffering from flu-like symptoms. The 87-year-old pontiff has been hospitalized a number of times over the past several years. A Republican lawmaker in Alabama has filed a bill that would protect providers of in vitro fertilization. State Senator Tim Melson filed an IVF bill on Tuesday after the Alabama Supreme Court decided frozen embryos were considered children. At least three Alabama providers have halted the fertility procedure since the ruling. Apple is canceling its electric car project. A Bloomberg report says the decision to end the project was disclosed internally Tuesday to the almost 2,000 employees working on the project. The report says executives told project workers many of them will be moved to the company's artificial intelligence division. A Houston woman is now the oldest person living in the United States. A database that tracks human longevity announced over the weekend that Elizabeth Francis now holds the record at 114 years and 217 days. She was born in Louisiana in 1909. And Oasis frontman Liam Gallagher calling the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame quote, a load of bollocks. Oasis is one of this year's nominees for induction into the Rock Hall, along with Ozzy Osbourne, Foreigner, and other famous rockers. Nominees also include Mariah Carey and hip-hop groups. That's what triggered the outspoken Oasis singer. In a recent interview, he said, quote, as much as I love Mariah Carey and all that, it's like putting me in the rap hall of fame. Time now for WBSM Sports, brought to you by Sparks Auto in Dartmouth. The Boston Celtics go for a 10th straight win Friday night when they host the Dallas Mavericks. The Bruins hope to put an end to their losing streak when they play the Vegas Golden Knights on Thursday. And the Red Sox play the Washington Cardinals in spring training today, just after 1. Let's check your forecast now with ABC6. We're looking at a day full of showers, and some will be heavier than others. Patchy fog in there, as well as a very gusty wind. We could see wind gusts of 40 to 50 miles per hour. Warm, too. Look for a high of 57. For tonight, rain showers may possibly mix over to some snow showers. No accumulation is expected, but temperatures will be crashing into the 20s during the overnight. For Thursday, mostly sunny. It will be breezy, and it will be much colder with a high of 36. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Kelly Bates on New Bedford's News Talk Station 1420 WBSM. This WBSM News Update brought to you by Sparks Auto in Dartmouth, home of the $29 oil change. Your choice for auto repairs, brakes, and inspection stickers. Sparks Auto 425 State Road, Dartmouth. I'm Phil Devitt for WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's News Talk Station WBSM and get all of our content and breaking news alerts with the WBSM app.
be thinking to yourself, hey, wait a minute, that doesn't sound like Paul McCartney and Wings, and that's because it isn't. It's actually a cover of Band on the Run by the Foo Fighters. So I figured since we were talking about some post-Beatles songs earlier, I would throw that in the mix. And uh, also in the mix, if you are looking to save money, of course, everything's costing more these days, right? Everybody complains about how much things are costing, but one way you can kind of counter some of that is by going solar, right? That's what you hear about. Well, you can find out the honest answers to those questions by reaching out to Isaacson Solar. They can help you weed through all of the gimmicks, all of the get paid to go solar, get a free roof when you go solar, all those gimmicks. They can help you pare your way through all of those and figure out what is the truth about going solar. They can answer all of your questions simply Honestly, directly, without any double speaker sales talk, they can get you down to the nitty gritty of whether or not solar is right for you. And if it turns out that it is, they will give you a free, no obligation quote so you can think about it and see if it really is right for you and your family. To get started on this process, all you have to do is visit IsaacsonSolar.com and you can find out not only as much as they have on the website, and they have a lot of great information there, but you can make that appointment to have them come out and take a look at your home and have an honest discussion with you about whether or not solar is right for you. Again, IsaacsonSolar.com. All right, let's go back to the phones, 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're on WBSM. Morning, Tim. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Um, I'm calling about that Condi hash yesterday. Did you try wow. it? No, oh, no, okay. no, but I like, I like ketchup on mine. After you've cooked it though, right? Oh yeah. In the, yeah. In the can. Yeah. That makes you know, sense. The, can, the Mary kitchen. I put ketchup. I could, uh, yeah, I put ketchup on mine. I like with ketchup a little bit, not a lot. Yeah. But, but in, in, in making these hash buns, it was not even cooked. It was taking the, the can, right, the hash right out of the can and mixing that with oh. mayonnaise and then putting that on the bun with some cheese and then oh, baking no. it in the oven, which I don't think is going to get the hash cooked. En- I mean, granted, the no. hash is already cooked, so you you could eat it out of the can if you wanted to, but it's it's right. so mushy and oily that way. Yeah, I'd be mean, like a deviled ham type thing. Yeah. But the, uh, yeah, no, I don't like that. Now, when you were talking about the um, the uh, solo, now, is that where ham and where ham that... Uh, Movie theater, used to be the movie theater. Is that mm-hmm. a solar place now, or did they... I don't know if they put solar panels it. in there, but that's that's actually owned by Eversource for their... Um, oh. It's where they station their trucks. So for a day like today, where they're going to have to oh. send trucks out to respond to uh, power lines going down and transformers blowing oh. and all that, that's kind of their central location. 
Yeah, it was a shame they'd get rid of that, though. It was a nice theater. Well, the funny thing is, is there was no reason that they needed to get rid of the theater in order to do that. The theater could have no. leased out the whole, because they had way more parking than the theater ever needed. So they oh, could have yeah. leased out enough space for that there. But I think it was just a matter of the, the theater wasn't making any money. So what's inside? Just uh, I don't know if they're doing anything with the inside. I think it's just awful. a place to park That's those trucks. Shame. I don't know if they built any offices in there or anything or what, because Eversource has a has an office not that far from there. So this was just really to uh, keep those trucks there. Yeah. Oh, so how you feeling? Good. Yeah, doing all right. Staying awake better now, or nah? I try to go to bed early if I can, but I, yeah, my, I, I my get a little worn out. Sleeps a lot with the jet. We don't even know what she has yet. Just up and down, up and down. Her Billy Rubin there, the um. You know, for the liver and uh, anything that, you know, like babies get that and all that stuff. It keeps going up and down. She's going to see another specialist. But uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's, anyway, I'm it's glad tough. you're feeling better. Huh? Well, thank you. I know it is tough. And uh, and hopefully, you know, in the, the next week or two, maybe I'll be fully back to normal. There you go. All righty. All right. You have you a, great, have a day. great day. Take it easy. You, bye. We were uh, we were echoing each other there. We were saying a lot of the same stuff. See, we're we're on the same wavelength, Colleen. 508-996-0500. If you want to call in and chime in, you can also use App Chat to send in open line uh, to send in your App Chat messages, or you can use the app to send in your open line voicemail messages. So the story is up at wbsm.com for you to check out. Uh, and you might have heard this story going around on the newscast last night. You know, former New Bedford man arrested, uh, I'm sorry, sentenced for illegally re-entering the country. Walter Gomes da Silva was, he's a Brazilian national who uh, has been caught multiple times re-entering the country illegally. And he was just sentenced to 10 years in prison for the latest time that he did that. But you may not remember that name, Walter da Silva. But he is the former New Bedford man who was convicted of murdering his daughter. Remember that story from 2016? He killed his 16, I'm sorry, 19-year-old daughter in 2016 in the parking lot of Verdian Gardens because he didn't like the guy she was dating. He didn't like the fact that his 19-year-old daughter was dating a 50-year-old man and that she didn't come to visit him for Father's Day. Apparently he was living in Connecticut at the time. He was upset because she didn't come down to visit him. So he came up to New Bedford and, and shot her in the parking lot of, of the Verdian Gardens complex. And he was sentenced to 25 years to life for her murder. He had already been convicted a, a decade or so prior to that for attempting to kill her mother. I mean, this is just a, a bad guy. And so now this 10-year sentence for illegally reentering the country will be served concurrently with the uh, life sentence. So he is uh, just glad that this guy's put away. I mean, listen, we all have spats within our family, but... Getting upset about who your daughter is dating and, and, and upset because she didn't visit you for Father's Day. That's a reason why you, uh, you don't return their phone calls or don't send them a birthday gift or 
or just write K when they text you. Don't write K. If I see that, I'm assuming you're mad at me. But anyway, that's, you know, that's how you handle a situation like that. You don't murder somebody over it. But you can read more of the details at WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. That's also where you can find out some more information about the passing of Nikki, the cougar from the New Bedford Buttonwood Park Zoo, who had to be humanely euthanized uh, due to kidney failure. So you can read more about that and see some some photos of Nikki at WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. But right now, I've got to take a break. We'll be back in a few moments. So you, you heard Phil mention in the last newscast about the um, the comments that Liam Gallagher has been making about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nomination, Oasis's first time being nominated, and uh, Liam Gallagher and his brother Noel Gallagher. Neither one of them are, are really known for keeping their comments to themselves. But in some of the news that's been popping up about this, some of the things that he's been talking about, he did point out that there was discussion about Oasis getting back together for a 30th anniversary of Definitely Maybe tour. And it was uh, it was Noel Gallagher who said no. So the, the, for those unfamiliar, the two brothers in that band kind of hate each other. And they fight and they argue and they don't want to have... I don't know if they've been able to, you know, personally be able to get over these problems. Like, do they still get together at Christmas? I don't know. But they cannot work together. And fans have been clamoring for them to get back together for years. And they would make a ton of money if they did. A ton of money. Be a huge tour. But for some reason, they just can't put their differences aside. And it's... I'd love to go see them. I, I didn't get into their music until after they'd broken up because when they were putting out music, I was like, I don't really like these guys because of the attitude that they had. You know, the whole saying they were bigger than the Beatles and saying that uh, they hoped that the uh, lead singer of Blur or one of the other bands that was one of their pop rivals got AIDS and died. I mean, just that kind of mentality. I was just like, oh, these guys are jerks, but their music is so good. 
And it just took me years to, to realize that. But anyway, yeah. So uh, if they do get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I don't know. Could we get them together to, to perform? Maybe that kicks off a reunion tour. Hey, wouldn't that be a story? Anyway, 508-996-0500. Let's take a call here. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Hey, good morning, guys. How are we doing today? Good. How are you? Good. I, I, I'm, I'm calling in regards to something that's really bothered me, and this is the only way I can voice myself. Sure. So James Quinn School, the school that's in Dartmouth, they around the border near Buffer, near the zoo. Mm-hmm. All right. They take the crossing guard out of there, Okay. I don't know what reason. I don't know if the, they got promoted or if it was a union thing. But the crossing I think guard it was, a, it, was a, it was a budgetary thing. Okay. So they put a, a state law sign in the middle of the crosswalk. The other day, a couple of kids almost got hit. I understand they speed up and down. But my question is, why come Dharma Police has three cruisers on that road? Okay. The other day was two parked on a private property just sitting there. And nobody has the guts to get out of the car and help out the parents and the kids. But there they are, ticketing all the parents that's coming down speeding over 20 miles. I completely understand. It's a school zone. We should all do 20. But Jesus Christ, man, at least put a, a cruiser near the crosswalk and assist the parents. And you know in, what I mean? Instead, what they've it done is... It makes no sense why they sit in the inside the car the other day doing nothing. It, the only one that makes an effort is Officer Amanda. She's with the school resources. You know what I mean? And that's that's it what they makes they, no sense to me. That's what they're 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 stuck with trying to do is is use the resource officers for that. But they they put out a call for parents to apply for the job to be the crossing guard because they just they're they're trying to find a way to 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 make it work. And and like you're saying, they could just put a, a cruiser there, and that might make hey, all the difference. I, I would, exactly. If if they already have three cruisers and they barricading the parents, that's already hard to park and and drop off the kids. They're barricading the parents, one in each end, giving them tickets, because that's what they take in the parents, not the speeders. But I understand. That's the law. You can't speed down the, the road. But like in New Bedford, I was born and raised in New Bedford. Back in the day, they'd grab one teacher at a time with a stop sign and go out there and help out. The teachers used to help out. If there's five teachers outside hanging around, you know, somebody make an effort. To the point today, I almost volunteer. If it wasn't for my little one, I would have volunteered and stayed there with a stop sign. For 15 minutes. Not like we there all day. It's only 20 minutes. But uh, this is the only way I can voice my opinion before I call anybody else. You know what I mean? Well, we appreciate it. That's what we're here for. Yes, sir. You guys are the best. Thank you so much. All Have right. A great thank day, you. Bro. You as well. And you do have to take one final break here. We'll be back in just a few moments. Um. All right. That's it. I'm out of time for today. Stay tuned. Chris McCarthy has you coming up next with South Coast Now. It is Wednesday. Mayor's coming in, I would assume, Chris. Yep. Mayor's coming in. And you also have Senator Montigny coming in. So it's going to be an action-packed show on South Coast Now. You want to make sure that you tune in for all of that. And then, of course, we will have uh, Bill O'Reilly after that and then Barry Richard following that. I'll be back tomorrow. Tomorrow we're going to be talking a little bit about Medicare because you may think that because the open enrollment period for health insurance is over that it's also over for Medicare signups, but that's not true. So we're going to find out more information about how you can get signed up for that and some of the changes that are coming to it. So we're going to be filled in with... Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones 
who get it done.